call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silberger. Welcome to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You could get in on the conversation. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. So I've been off for a few days. Uh, I got this nasty cold. You can probably still hear it in my voice a little bit. It was, uh, it was pretty nasty, but... Uh, Thank gosh, it's gone, and I'm here, and I'm on live, and you could call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. We are live every single night of the week, Monday to Thursday at ten p.m., ten to eleven p.m. right here on the True Talk Radio Network. When we are not live, the True Talk Radio stream will play a rerun of the previous episode of the Howie Silberger Show. You could download our podcast. The podcast is available. Uh, from your favorite podcasting service. So just search for the Howie Silberger Show podcast. It's there. Uh, we, of course, are streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. And uh, what am I forgetting? Mixcloud. So we're, we're, we're streaming on a whole bunch of streaming services. And if you are too shy to call in, you could always uh, you could always put a message into the box in any of these social media places, and it should pop up on my screen. I should be able to respond to it. Uh, if it doesn't, it doesn't, but it should. But I prefer if you call. I like talking to people. So call in. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 So the blood libels continue uh, when it comes to Israel. And it, it, it's fascinating. It, it absolutely fascinates me every single time. And, and I don't know why I'm always surprised. I don't know why I get surprised by this. But, but it always surprises me. It always fascinates me. It always just gets me. Every time something happens near Israel, around Israel, uh, concerning Israel, the blood libels that, that, that come after that just always fascinate me. I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by them. So the latest blood libel is, the, uh, is an Al Jazeera reporter got killed during a gunfight between Israeli forces and, and, and Arab terrorists that were trying to kill the Israeli forces. Now, now I know, I know, I know some of you will say, well, the Israeli forces shouldn't have been there. It's Arab land. Oh, give me a break. Uh, the, the idea is that there was a gunfight going on. People were shooting at each other with guns. And there was a journalist standing there who got into the crossfire and ended up dead. It happens. When you cover war zones, that's what happens. Sometimes you end up dead. And so uh, nobody was sure who shot her. The Israelis claimed that the that the Arabs shot her. The Arabs claimed that the Israelis shot her. Her autopsy was inconclusive, so nobody's really quite sure what happened to this reporter. All they know is that she's dead. But that didn't stop Western media and world media from blaming Israel. That didn't stop. That didn't stop people from from pointing fingers and calling Jews murderers yet again. And it's fascinating to me because we saw this play out before. You know, there's an old adage that say history repeats itself. And it's quite true, especially when it comes to the the idiocy of the Arab-Israel conflict. When, when you think about the idiocy of the Arab-Israel conflict, 
it always repeats itself. History always continuously repeats itself. And so we see this blood libel about this murder journalist and how Israel's responsible. And I know in six months from now, they will have a conclusive report saying that she was shot by Arabs because that's generally the way these things end and that Israel had nothing to do with it. But the damage to Israel was done already because world media decided to jump on Israel yet again and attack Israel. I'm surprised the United Nations didn't condemn Israel. Maybe they did. I, I didn't see a story about the United Nations condemning Israel for the murder of this journalist who was standing in the crossfire of two people shooting at each other. The, um, the idea is that Israel's always guilty. So let me take you back many, many years ago, about 20, to, to the story of Mohammed al-Dura. Now, I don't know how many people remember the story of Mohammed al-Dura, but he was a little boy. And uh, one day his picture appeared uh, in Jenin. Uh, he was in Jenin, and this picture appeared of this little boy crying. And then a series of pictures appeared, and, uh, and, and the little boy was crying, and then the little boy was hiding behind his father, behind some garbage bins or, or some, kind of, some kind of bins that were on the, uh, on, on the ground. And then, um, and then there was a picture of the father uh, leaning over the boy who's lying on the ground now, apparently dead, shot dead by the, by the uh, Israelis, as they claimed. And Mohammed al-Dur was dead. And then a commission was, was commissioned by Israel. Israel put together a, an investigative commission because Israel doesn't like killing little kids, apparently. So they put together a, a, an investigative commission, which found that Mohammed al-Durab may have not been killed. He, he might have been alive. It could have just been Palestinian theater, as happens a lot, where they pretend that people are shot and pretend that people are killed, and they carried them off in stretchers, but they're not really dead. If you don't believe me, you can look up footage. Footage exists of this actually happening. And so they weren't even sure Mohammed al-Dura was dead. And then they found that if he was dead, the trajectory, the, the angles that the Israelis were standing at compared to the angles the Arabs were standing at, uh, it was impossible for the Israelis to have shot him. So if he was dead, then he was shot by the Arabs. But that didn't stop the world media from, from blaming Israel. And so we're seeing the same thing happen again and again and again and again. The, the most amazing thing about this whole, about this, about this episode is that Israel is being blamed for this journalist's death, but hardly a word has been written or said or talked about the dozen Israelis that have been killed in the last three weeks in Israel. The terror attacks that have been happening in Israel, nobody's talking about those. World media is not covering that. Once again, it goes to prove that Jewish life is cheap in the world's eyes. Nobody cares about dead Jews. Oh, they care if Jews are involved with, uh, with dead other people. That they care about. But nobody cares about dead Jews. It's, it's really a sad statement when you come to think about it, that nobody cares about dead Jews. I care about dead Jews. We should all care about dead Jews. Dead Jews are the same people as dead everyone else. But nobody cares. Nobody cares that innocent men, women, and children are being killed in terror attacks. It's irrelevant. You know, six people get killed in a supermarket in the United States. It's front page news around the world. Six people get killed in the old city by a terrorist. Six Jews get killed in the old city by a terrorist. It's barely a footnote. Why do you suppose that is? Why do you suppose that the world ignores the murder of Jews. Is it because the world hates Jews? Could that be it? 
uh, anything's possible. Could it be that the world uh, just is just tired of the Arab-Israel conflict? But if that was the case, then this dead journalist would not have made front-page news everywhere around the world. So I, I can't imagine that this journalist made front-page news around the world uh, because she died, and that wasn't, um, and and, and that, that didn't go to prove that the world still cares about Israel and what happens there. So why does the world not care about dead Jews? It's an age-old question, and I don't have an answer for that. But it's pretty scary when you think about it. It's pretty, it's pretty scary that the world couldn't care less. That less than a hundred years after a Holocaust, where the world did nothing to stop, and the world really didn't care about that either, the world still doesn't care about Jews dying. They care about everybody else dying. If there's a flood in China, we'll hear about it. If there is a stabbing, if a black guy gets stabbed in the United States, there'll be front page news, there'll be riots in the street. But Jews could be killed in their beds, Jews could be shot in the street, fathers, fathers could be killed, children could be left orphaned, and nobody gives a damn. Quite unbelievably scary, if you ask me. Now, for years, the Arab propaganda machine has been working overtime to try to discredit Israel, to try to claim that Israel does not have a right to exist, to try to claim that the Jews stole Arab land. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. The, the, the idea that the people exist called Palestinians is a lie. Even Maybe now it's a little more legitimate than it was, let's say, 30 years ago. Because we're already on to the third generation of people believing this lie. So the third generation of people who believe that they're Palestinians probably could be considered Palestinian. But the, the idea that Palestine, that the Palestinians have a, have a history in Israel, a history in the region, is a lie. The Palestinian Liberation Organization was founded in 1963 with the help of the Russians and the Arab League. And the idea of it was exactly the same idea as the BLM movement today, was to destroy Israel from the inside. Uh, the BLM movement is trying to do it economically. The PLO was trying to do it uh, militarily. They were trying to do it through force. So uh, Yasser Arafat, an Egyptian, was brought in to lead this movement. And none of the people involved in the movement at the beginning ever lived in the region that they were trying to free for their people. It was all a big lie. And it was all a big lie in order to get the Jews out of Israel. And the reason they want to get the Jews out of Israel, we've gone through this before on the show, but we'll, we'll just repeat it just for old time's sake. The reason they wanted to get Jews out of Israel was simply 100% because Israel, the land that Israel's on, used to be a caliphate. And Muslim law states that if there was ever a caliphate, Muslim land controlled by Muslim people. Nobody else is ever allowed to control that land. Simple as that. So the Jews are infidels living on the land. They must be destroyed, must be removed from the land. Well, the Palestinian Arab propaganda machine has churned out and, and, and their, their, their idea of infiltrating everywhere has, has, has worked pretty well. Uh, you have uh, people pushing this narrative 
this false narrative in media right around the world, major media. And you have a congressperson, person in Congress, the United States Congress, also pushing this lie. So last week, there was a um, there was a, the seventy fourth uh, anniversary of Israel, of the founding of Israel. But there was also the seventy uh, fourth Nakba Day, as they call it. Uh, the uh, Arabs call it Nakba Day, the day of the uh, what was it called? The day of the massacre. It's a terrible day. They 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 cry about it. That's the day Israel was was day Israel was founded. They claim that seventy five percent of the Palestinian population was ethnically cleansed from Palestine, and more than four hundred Palestinian villages were destroyed, and that these actions were deliberately planned and carried out by the Zionist militias in order to steal Palestinian land. It's it's not really true. Uh, Nakba means, of course, catastrophe in Arabic. Uh, it claims that they claim that their descendants live in refugee camps in the West Bank and Gaza, as well as in neighboring Arab countries. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to even talk about this seriously because it's just lie after lie after lie after lie. That's not what happened. And anybody who knows history knows that that's not true. But we'll move on. U.S. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has said that she introduced a resolution to recognize Nakba Day. Um, in, uh, in the U.S. Congress. She says she introduced resolution, the resolution in the U.S. House of Representatives on Monday, a day after, uh, a day after the official Nakba Day. And this is the quote. The Nakba is well documented and continues to play out today. She said, we must acknowledge that the humanity of Palestinians is being denied when folks refuse to acknowledge the war crimes and human rights violations in apartheid Israel. So there's so much wrong with that sentence. It's hard to dissect it. Well, we'll start with the uh, with the end of it, and then we'll move our way backwards. Maybe uh, human rights violation in apartheid Israel. So, so this old apartheid argument that Israel's an apartheid state has has been has been discredited so many times that it's 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 unbelievable that anybody with uh, a, a, a a an iota of intelligence would even consider repeating it or believing it. The idea that Israel's apartheid is is so ridiculously stupid that it's almost not worth responding to. If you think about apartheid, the separation of blacks and and white put together by the Dutch government in in South Africa in the 1970s and late 60s, early 70s, and the oppression that the black people went through. And you look at Israel today, where you have... Palestinian members of, of, of the Knesset, people sitting in the Israeli parliament who are, who are Palestinians, people sitting on the Israeli courts who are Palestinians, Palestinians who are, who are equal, equal rights uh, citizens of Israel, doctors leading hospitals in Israel who are Palestinian. And, and to claim that this is an apartheid state? Absolutely ridiculous. And, and the more ridiculous part of the, the most ridiculous part of the whole thing, when you, when you come to think of it, is that uh, Israel has Arabs living in Israel and, and they welcome Arabs and they, 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 they don't persecute them in any way, shape, or form. But there are no Jews living in Arab areas. So if you want to talk about apartheid and the separation of uh, Arabs and Jews, the only ones doing that, the only people doing that are the Arabs. Yet it's always the case that the people who claim that you're doing something against them are generally doing that thing against you. It's amazing. When you think about it, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing that this is the um, this is what what's going on. 
So I, I this uh, this resolution that she put forth in the in the House of Representatives probably doesn't have any weight and probably will never ever ever pass. But the idea that there's a U.S. representative, a a, a congresswoman, who is going to put together a anti-Israel and and, and mostly anti-Jewish resolution, because when they say let's get rid of Israel, let's destroy Israel, what are they saying? Uh, you know, it, it's easy to it's easy for for people to say, oh, you stole their land, you have to get out of their land. But that's not what they're saying. When they say let's get rid of Israel, they say let's get rid of Israel. So not only do we have to destroy the country. We have to destroy the people living there because the people living there are evil. They, they took our land. So, so think about it for a second. They're calling for the mass genocide of the people living in Israel. They're calling for the extermination, the, 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 the murder of all Israelis. And anyone who could support that is a fascist terrorist, in my humble opinion. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. 1-877-669-1292. Get in on the conversation. You can always message me on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, on any of the uh, social media platforms that we're broadcasting on. If you don't want to call in, just send me a message. And it should pop up my screen. If it doesn't pop up my screen, well, I won't see it. But it should pop up my screen. So if, you, uh, if you're if you too shy to call in, I prefer if you called, but if you're too shy to call in, feel free to... Um, to, to message me, and uh, I will look at it as soon as I have an opportunity to when it pops up on my screen. Uh, technology works most of the time. It doesn't work all of the time. That's the truth. So there's, um, there's more going on than what happened in Israel, and, uh, and let's, let's, um, let, let's move on to a, a little more controversial topics because, because you know, we, we can't not talk about controversial topics. Otherwise, why would you listen? There, there's no point in listening to the show unless you're unless I'm talking about something you want to hear, right? So, uh, a couple of years ago, the Black Lives Matter movement decided that they were going to destroy America, and much like the BLM movement, their idea was to destroy America financially from the inside out. And how are they going to do that? They were going to riot right across the United States demand justice for whatever. They were looking for a reason to demand justice. George Floyd gave them the reason. And they started um, they started riding across the states, burning down businesses, destroying, p- killing people, destroying lives, and making millions and millions and millions of dollars while doing that. The... Um, I remember, I remember back then, I mean, the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement, the BLM movement, uh, is, is staunchly anti-Israel. And I remember Jews saying, I'm donating to Black Lives Matter because I care about black lives. And when I when I pointed out that they were anti-Israel, many of the Jews said, how are you a liar? Even though it was in black and white on the Black Lives Matter movement's website, uh, that didn't really matter. Nobody cared that Black Lives Matter it was the in thing to do especially among the millennials. It was the instinct to do. I have to donate. I have to be, I have to be compassionate. I mean, they wouldn't donate to, let's say, a fund that, uh, that was going to support the widows of the Jews that were killed in terrorist attacks in Israel. That they, wouldn't, they wouldn't donate to because those people live beyond the green line. But, of course, Black Lives Matter. We have to donate to that. Well, your donations, all you Jews who donated to Black Lives Matter, your donations went to a great place. It went to help. 
It went to help many, many people. Tens of millions of dollars was received by Black Lives Matters. And actually, the leaders of Black Lives Matters were, were kind of shocked by this whole thing. At least so said their, their co-founder, Patrice Colliers. Uh, she made the statements on, uh, on a Fox News show uh, just the other day. She said that the organization was awash with white guilt money. She made the comments, uh, actually, it, was, it wasn't Fox News, it was MSNBC. Um, in the resp- she made the comments in response to a question from host Tyreen Lee, who asked if the organization's tsunami of flooding was shocking and if they had guardrails in place to ensure the cash is being directed in the proper ways. So the answer was, yes, it was a major shock. And, um, and it was also a lot like, oh, wait, I didn't see that coming. You know, the contrary to what, you know, has been reported much of the funding that came in from individual donors, said Colliard. Um, that was just a lot of white guy guilt money, Colliard continued. There's a lot of white guys uh, being like, we got to put money in. Now, the Black Lives Matter Network Foundation, its primary nonprofit, collected $90 million throughout 2020, a financial snapshot released by the group in early 2021 showed. Now, Collier stepped away from the BLM Global Network Foundation in May 2021 amid scrutiny over her $3.2 million real estate buying binge in which she scooped up four homes. I don't own four homes. Do you? I don't even own one home. Do you own four homes? Uh, Did you spend $3.2 million on uh, real estate last month? Last year, I, I didn't. Uh, Kulia has also alleged I uh, uh, allegedly eyed property in the Bahamas at a posh resort where Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods own homes. She wants to live the uh, the rich life. Why not? On on donated money. Uh, Kulia did not directly answer if guardrails were in place for its spending, but said that they were building an infrastructure on the fly. She's maintained that she did not misuse its funds. So I was really called back to help do that work. Kulia said. And I did a lot of that labor. I did a lot of that framework. And I've left BLM. But a lot of that infrastructure was being uh, was built to figure out where do we go with this. So Collierd, uh, you know, she left and she spends $3.2 million of donated money to buy her houses. And folks who are listening should know this, she said. There are groups that build infrastructure for three to five years before they become public. And they raise money and they take their time. We didn't have that luxury. We were building the plane as we flew it. And frankly, in the position I'm in now, what will I be teaching you, you know? The next generation of young black leaders is we don't build a plane and fly it, Collier said. It's not worth it because the standards in which we are criticized and scrutinized are very different than white nonprofits. We undergo a different set of standards. I did realize that. I knew rhetorically it didn't realize that. Collier has recently made headlines after a New York Magazine report exposed a $6 million Los Angeles mansion purchased by the BLM movement um, just last, last year. Um, the event led to BLM activists calling the charity transparency laws triggering, particularly the requirement that groups file Form 990 or tax forms to the IRS. It's such a trip now to hear the term 990, Corey said in April. I'm like, ugh, it's like triggering. Corey says she actually did not know what the 990s were before the report was released. Now, it's unclear why Corey has pinned the blame for the expose on Form 990 as the BLM Global Network Foundation has yet to release a tax form that shows its financial transactions. The Washington Examiner reported that the group had used an accounting gimmick to delay the release of its 2021 tax forms by switching from a calendar year to a fiscal year. So all you people, you white guilty people, all you people who felt that you had to donate to Black Lives Matter because they were rioting in the street, 
You did a good job. You gave money to a woman who's now buying homes for herself. You enriched her life. You probably changed her life. So you should be proud of yourself. Instead of helping all black lives, because black lives all matter, you helped this one woman build a real estate empire. All right. You got to help people one at a time, right? $90 million. You got to help people one person at a time. And the movement was created. She, she, she took the money. Be happy. Be proud of yourself. I know I'm proud of you. Now, I want to know, all of you who donated to Black Lives Matter, and I know there's plenty of people who listen to the show who did, I want to know how many of you donated to a fund to help the widows of the Jews that were killed in Israel this week. In fact, let, let's go even further. I'm going to go even a step further. You could all name George Floyd. Everyone can name Lord George Floyd. He, he started the Black Lives Well, he, he got killed, and that's what kicked off the Black Lives Matter movement. Let me ask you, could you name one or two? Don't Google it. Could you name one or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight of the Jews that were killed in Israel these past couple of weeks? Could you name even one? If you can, give me a call. one 1292 Could you name one Jew that was killed in Israel? You could all name, could all name George Floyd. George Floyd, George Floyd. I hear his name all the time. One Jew. One Jew that was killed in Israel in the last couple of weeks. I bet you can't. I bet you can't. Isn't that a shame, though? You know, two Jews that were killed just last week uh, were father combined 18 children. 18 children lost their fathers just last week. And you can't name those people. Now, I, I can't fully blame you I can't fully say that uh, it is your problem, it is your, is your responsibility, it is your, uh, it is your fault that you can't name these Jews that were killed. The media didn't cover them, and of course we are all products of media, aren't we? When I talk to people who, who like to criticize what I say on this show, and there's plenty of people who like to do that, when I talk to people who like to criticize what I say on this show, and they tell me, Howie, yeah, how could you make that statement? Howie, you, you know, there's another side to the story. I know there's another side to the story. I'm quite aware of it. Uh, I actually research everything I talk about here on the show. And I, I look at both sides. And that's how I formulate an intelligent, uh, informed opinion on things I talk about. I tend to not talk about things that I don't know both sides for. Uh, the reason I do that is because I honor your, your time. And I would never ask you to watch me or to listen to the show if I didn't know what I was talking about. That would be wrong. I'd be stealing your time, and I'm not a thief. On the other hand, it is quite fascinating to me that people argue all the time, and they like to get up and argue, and they like to, they like to get right in my face and argue with me when they haven't even bothered to read a newspaper article about what they're talking about. So... So even a biased newspaper article, they don't even bother reading. So I, I was talking to a guy. A guy was yelling at me last week. He had heard my show. We had played. I was sick for a week. So we had played my live show uh, from, from two weeks ago, the last one I did two weeks ago. 
we we had played that over and over and over again on True Talk Radio because um, because there were no new shows, so they automatically pulled the last show that that aired, and it'll keep replaying it in the time slot until a new show comes in. So tomorrow that show will change to to this show, um, and then and then the day after that to the next show, blah blah blah. So the guy came to argue with me. He says to me, Howie, I listened to your show. You were talking about, uh, you were talking, you, you were talking about COVID and you said that masks were useless and, and I, I, I disagree with you. I said, all right, great, great. Am I finally going to have an intelligent conversation with someone? An intelligent argument. I haven't had an intelligent argument, an informed intelligent argument in years. Normally, it's just uh, you're you're a racist, you're 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 an idiot, and you're a, you're you're a moron. That's generally the argument I get. I I don't get intelligence anymore, because intelligence hardly exists in the conversations. People get their news today from memes; they don't get it from actual news sources. And nobody researches the memes. Nobody researches anything. And because they don't do the research and nobody does the homework, they don't know the issues. So when they talk to me, and, and, and I know what I'm talking about, I know the issue, and I've, I've researched it, and I've, I've read up on the issue, and I, I, know what the, I, know, I know the story, they tend to argue with me. And they tend to argue with me, and then they talk in circles, and then we end up back where we started. So this guy says to me, Howie, you're an idiot for saying that you know, masks were pointless. And I looked at him, and I said to him, all right, I can respect your opinion. And I, I won't argue with you about the fact that I'm an idiot. I, I could agree with you. Fine. I'm an idiot. I, I, I accept it. I accept the fact that you think I'm an idiot. I have no problems with that. It doesn't bother me. Your personal insult on me doesn't really bother me. You see, I have to care about what you think for it to bother me. So I, I, I don't care. You want to call me an idiot? Call me an idiot. Fine. I don't care. But... Explain one thing to me. This is what I told him. I said, explain one thing. If you're going to come and fight with me, explain one thing. And if you can explain this one thing to me, then we can continue the conversation. If you can't explain this one thing to me, there's no point in continuing the conversation. The guy looked at me all angrily and said, what, 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 what do you want me to explain? And I said, quite simply, I said, could you explain to me that after two and a half years of wearing masks, the entire world wore paper masks. We all looked like morons wearing masks on our faces. But we were trying to protect ourselves and protect everyone else. Remember, the mask doesn't protect you, but it protects the next guy, and the next guy's mask protects you, and everyone's protecting each other. So if we all wear masks, everyone's protected. And yet, COVID is still spreading. So I, I don't get it. So if you could explain that to me, explain to me how COVID is still spreading if masks are, if masks are effective. I will stop this argument. I'll, I'll stop talking about it. And he looked at me and says, that's a dumb question. I said, it's the only question. It's not a dumb question. It's the only question. You know, the, the, the definition of lunacy is repeating something over and over again, expecting a different result. So if I, if I hit you in the face and then you hit me back and then I hit you again and you hit me back and I hit you again and you hit me back and I keep doing this, uh, I'm a lunatic, right? Why would I hit you in the face knowing that you're going to hit me back if I don't like being hit in the face? 
So if I'm wearing a mask and 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 next guy is catching COVID when he's wearing a mask, I'm wearing a mask, he's wearing a mask, he's still catching COVID, he's still giving me COVID, then it's obvious to me that masks don't work. I don't need a scientific study to tell me that masks don't work if 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 they're not stopping the spread of the disease. I don't need a scientific study to tell me that the water is hot when I stick my finger in and I burn my finger. What's obvious is obvious. And we have to accept what is obvious. We can't we can't just say, um, okay, we're going to try again, and we're going to try again, and we're going to try again, and we're going to try again, because that is lunacy. So, so that's the only argument I'm making. I'm not making a scientific, I'm not a scientist, I'm not making a scientific argument. I've never been a scientist, I never claimed to be a scientist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not claiming to be a doctor or claiming to be an expert in anything. I'm just an observer, I observe life, and I observe things, and, and, and from what I see, my casual observance is that if I'm wearing a mask and my mask is supposed to protect you and you're wearing a mask and your mask is supposed to protect me and everyone around me is wearing a mask so we're all protecting each other and yet some people are still getting COVID, the masks aren't working. Same thing with the vaccines. So the vaccines were supposed to protect you from getting seriously ill. They weren't supposed to stop COVID. They were supposed to protect you from still getting seriously ill. So everybody ran out and got vaccinated. They ran out mass vaccinations. Everybody go back and vaccinated. You can't travel unless you're vaccinated. You must show a vaccination passport. You can't travel. You can't do this. You can't do that. Can't go over the border unless you're vaccinated. Everybody ran out to get vaccinated. Fine. Thank God everybody got vaccinated. And yet people who are vaccinated are still getting COVID and still ending up in the hospital. So wait, wait, it didn't work. The vaccines were no good. So I'm trying to understand where the argument is and how people are still arguing about this. So now they've dropped the mask mandates. They're coming over for fourth and a fifth and a sixth dose of the vaccine. We'll be taking vaccines for the rest of our lives for COVID. Until, until the, uh, until the media calms down, until the uh, governments decide that they've had enough control over us, and then they back off and they start treating COVID as if it was uh, the common cold or the flu. And I really hope that happens sooner than later. one 669 1292 one is the number to call. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. So I ch- challenged you to, to name some of the people who were killed without using Google. So I don't know if the uh, the person who posted up here used Google or didn't use Google to find these names. But um, but Shaiban Ilan Lena needs a refuge lemma. He he was he was um he was uh he was injured in the terror attack, Shai Ben Ilana. Uh Noam Raz was killed on Friday and um and uh Elad was killed on Yom Hatzmut. So, so there were a couple of people who were killed in the last couple of days in Israel. Their names aren't publicized. Nobody seems to care. And uh, it, it's a shame. You know, I remember years ago, the uh, Jewish community used to, they used to, years and years ago, they used to um, uh, have, have memorial services for people who were killed by terror attacks. They, they haven't done that in a while. And, uh, and I think they should continue to do that. It should, uh, it should, it should, it should stop. Why, why should it stop? It, they should continue to do that. 
because it's important that we acknowledge that each life is important. That each Jewish life is important. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 is the number to call right here on the Howie Silberger Show. On the True Talk Radio Network, we have uh, we have about 15 minutes left to the show, so give me a call. one 669 1292 Let's go to the phones. Hello. Welcome to the program. Hi, Howie. It's Yaakov. How are you? Good, good. First of all, thank you for the update on the Israeli news. Hey, you're very welcome. And uh, I wanted to address the whole COVID discussion, and I happen to agree with you that, you know, everybody does what's best for them. And the fact this guy went ballistic about the whole mask thing. As you know, I, I, I wear them, but that's my personal choice. That being said, um, you know, I agree with you. It's all about control. It is it's totally about control. Um, look, people have a personal choice. It's always been my argument is that if you want to personally wear a mask and you, you, you choose to do that, then you should be free to do that. But if you choose not to wear a mask, you should be free not to wear a mask too. Uh, I, I was always against mask mandates. I said, you know, I have, uh, I'm an adult and I have, um, I have a responsibility for my health and the health of people around me. So if I have some deadly disease, I shouldn't be running around coughing on people. But at the same time, uh, you know, I have the right to choose what I, how I want to protect myself. So if a mask protects me, as they claimed, and then they kept changing it back and forth, then I should have the right to protect myself and not protect myself. And that's, that's the way I saw it. I agree with you. And the fact is that a mask is specifically, if you, if you go to a hospital for a test and you have a cold, they're going to tell you, put in a mask to protect other people. But when you're dealing with a disease that they're still researching and they're still finding things out about how can somebody make a statement that it helps prevent? We don't know. They don't know. Yeah, Yaakov, I, mean, I, I, know, I know if you remember, Yaakov, right at the beginning of the, um, of the, of the whole COVID um, pandemic, right when it started, they were actually advising people not to wear masks. And the reason they gave for not wearing a mask was that, um, that uh, the, the masks, the, um, the weaving and the masks weren't tight enough to stop COVID from coming through. The COVID, the COVID molecules were too small to to be stopped by the masks. So ma- wearing a mask was pointless. For and then sure. then they changed their minds. And I remember that I had um, after the second dose, I had a, I had a bad fever, and I went to the hospital, and they said to me, "Oh, it can't be a vac- the vaccine. It can't be the vaccine." So I said to them, I said, I'm in good health, I eat well, I exercise, I get fresh air, I'm taking all the so-called precautions you're talking about. Could it not be a side effect? Sure enough, a few months later, I see my GP and he says to me, yes, it's quite possible. Amazing. So I, I think it's definitely all about control. I mean, when you go into a store and they ask to see your vaccination history. Yeah. What, what's well, it? What's it any of their business, really? Well, yes, it's the business of the owner to make that choice. I mean, we had curfews. Right. We had vaccine passports. It's crazy. 
I, I don't I don't know if you know if you remember. I said I I I thank God that my father was not alive to see curfews in Canada. Yeah, yeah, curfews. But, there, there was another winner uh, winner idea. Let's lock people up because that helped. <sighs> yeah, because I mean, it was years, it was crazy. Two years, people were isolated. And, and and that probably caused more mental damage than than COVID caused for anybody too. So it's it's insane. A hundred percent. They have people so brainwashed. I went in with the flu to the hospital. I told them I think it's the flu. Oh, we think it's COVID. He said, "How do you know without taking a test?" Yeah. Yakov, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it. Not at all. It's my pleasure. I'm really enjoying the show. Take care. Thanks. Have a great evening. So they dropped the mask mandate in Quebec uh, on Saturday, this past Saturday. They dropped the mask mandate. And um, I went to um, I went to the supermarket today and I did not wear my mask. I didn't wear a mask because they dropped the mask mandate. And I always thought that, um, you know, when you drop the mask mandate, there's going to be a certain percentage of population that's going to wear masks. And like I said, you have the right to do that. I have no issue with you wearing masks. So you choose to wear a mask, you could wear a mask. But I went to the supermarket and I was standing in the fruit and vegetable department. And I was just looking at, I don't remember, one of the vegetables. I, I want to buy something for, for to make for dinner. And there was a lady standing there and she was kind of choosing her vegetables. And every time I, I leaned in to get a vegetable, she jumped out of the way, literally leaped out of the way. And I'm thinking, if you're that scared, if you're that petrified to be near anybody, maybe it's a, maybe it would be a better day to order in or, or order your fruits and vegetables. Order people to deliver it to you. The, the service is available. I hate to see people. Now, I'm not, I'm not criticizing this lady. Uh, she's legitimately scared, and I'm not making fun of somebody who's legitimately scared. I can't do that. I wouldn't do that. It's not fair. But at the same time, I have to think that that if you're that petrified to be out in public either 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 get help to to reintegrate into society there are people out there who can help you do that or, or or order in but to walk around jumping out of the way of people who are walking around in a supermarket in a public place it's just sad it's sad to me and it's sad that we created that environment it's sad that we allowed the media and the politicians to create that environment where people are afraid to be to, to even look at each other. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely horrific that somebody's walking around that 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 scared that they, they can't even look at you. They can't even be anywhere near you. They can't they can't like even five feet from you. They can't even stand there. It's very sad. All right, let's go back to the messages. I smell a Howie Silberger candidacy for the provincial conservatives and Darcy McGee. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I um, I think I've had my fair share of running for politics. I, I don't think I'm going to be running for politics anytime in the near future. Uh, it's it's not in my DNA. I, I'd rather be doing this. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. But thanks for the suggestion. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The, the mental damage that that COVID, that the COVID regulations and the COVID uh, isolations, 
and the uh, and the and and the scare tactics that were used by the by the media and the government. The now, now don't get me wrong. <laughs> I know someone's going to misquote me on this as they always do. So don't get me wrong. I I actually believe. I, I actually believe that COVID is dangerous. So don't get me wrong. Don't 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 think that I'm taking this lightly. I actually believe COVID is dangerous. I know people who have died of COVID, and I know I know there are tons of people who have died of COVID. But I personally know people who have died of COVID. I know people who have been very, very, very ill from COVID. So, so I take COVID very seriously. But I also take my rights very seriously. Lockdowns didn't work. If they would have worked, COVID would be gone. Masks didn't work. If they would have worked, COVID would be gone. Inoculations didn't work. Vaccinations didn't work. If they would have worked, COVID would be gone. So as much as I, I, I hate COVID... I hate cancer and I hate the flu and I hate every disease that kills people. I hate seeing people suffer. The mental anguish we have caused people over this one particular disease is inexcusable. It's absolutely inexcusable. People should be held accountable for what they did to the mental health of individuals during this COVID scare. There should be there should be some kind of uh, some kind of political uh, investigation, some kind of investigation, and people should be held accountable for this. It is it is absolutely unbelievable how scared people are. You you would drive down the street, just take a look. People walking down the street outside on a nice, beautiful summer day, wearing a mask alone. They're walking alone, wearing a mask. People sitting in their cars alone, wearing masks. And knowing that masks are ineffective, it's a uh, it's a scary prospect. Like like extremely scary that it's going to take years and years and years to reverse the mental dangu- damage and the anguish that was caused by this COVID freakout. And am I saying that the COVID freakout wasn't warranted? Uh, I I think it was overextended i think that you know that the warning should have been there and that you know people were dying and you know they had to do something something had to be done to curb the people dying that i agree with but the the question is how much how 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 far overreach how much overreach did the government do after the initial deaths died down excuse the expression but that's what it is how much overreach was there after that how much policy was put into place just because people gave up their, their, their rights and the government said, huh, they're giving up that right, let's take that one too. And how many rights are we going to get back at the end? How far is the government going to let go and allow us to, to get back to some semblance of normalcy? So right now they're dangling this carrot in front of us saying, okay, we got rid of the, the mask mandate, it was the last mandate uh, last COVID mandate that we had, we're, we're just going to leave it in for public transportation, and we're going to leave it in for uh, for uh, you know health health uh, health institutions. You have to wear a mask, and and city councils are 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 sending out notices. I got at least three city council notices from different cities saying, look, in our municipal buildings, you don't have to wear a mask, but uh, but but please be cognizant that there's some people who have low immune systems, and maybe wearing a mask would be would be honorable and uh, would be would be uh, considerate to these people. And I have no issue with that either. So if you want to be considerate, I want to be considerate. 
and I walk into a building and there's somebody there who looks sickly, maybe I could put on a mask just to try to try to not not even protect them, but try to ease their mind. It's kind of like the placebo effect. I, I have no I have no I have no issue with that. That I have no issue with because that's a choice. You're giving me a choice. You don't have to wear a mask coming into our building. But if you want to be a nice guy and you want to uh, you want to appease somebody, you want you want to you want somebody to feel good and you know to feel comfortable coming into the building, and, and you see they're a little uncomfortable because you're you're not wearing a mask. Maybe putting one on will, will will ease their fear, will ease their tension, until they could integrate themselves back into society. I I, I can live with that. But there are plenty of people out there who are who are who are just terrified. And I want to know how much money the governments are putting into mental health professionals who will go around and try to help these people. Because eventually, you know, when, you, when you're terrified this much, and you've locked yourself away for two and a half years, you've had no contact with the outside world or minimal contact with the outside world. E- eventually it takes a mental toll on somebody. And you're going to need professionals in order to reverse it. And I'm really hoping that people get their professional help they need. I'm really hoping that the government steps forward and says, all right, it's time to give professional help. It's time to, it's time to, it's time to, 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 you know, if your neighbor is suffering, let us know and we'll, we'll try to help them. Once again, let me let me repeat myself because I don't want to be misquoted. So I'll repeat myself again as clear, as clear, as clear as could be. I know COVID is serious. I know people who have died of COVID. I know people who have suffered from COVID. I know people who have gotten really ill from COVID. I also know plenty of people who had COVID and they're okay now. Protecting people who are seriously ill, no issue at all. But people who are seriously ill know they're seriously ill and they know what they have to do in order to protect themselves. The onus should be on them to protect themselves, not on me to try to protect them. I have rights to. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I am on every single night of the week, Monday to Thursday at 10 p.m. Feel free to join me. I'd love to have you here. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Just go to any of the podcasting services and uh, the podcast is there. If you missed a live show, you can always catch it on the podcast. You can always uh, you can always watch it on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch. You can always hear it on Mixcloud. And of course, it airs uh, every single morning at 9 a.m., the rerun. airs every single morning at 9 a.m. on the True Talk Radio Network app which you could download from the App Store or the iTunes Store or any of the uh, any of your stores for Android or iPhone. So I will see you again tomorrow right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you for joining me. Have a great night.